Jesus said to his disciples, a little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me, and because I go to the Father, they said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto him, do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, a little while and ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish, for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise be to thee, O Christ. Today, as we heard, it is Her Majesty the Queen's actual 90th birthday, and the celebrations are quite rightly kept reasonably low-key, is there is so much further joy to come on her official birthday. And I recall encouraging my dear mother to aim to be 100 and live as long as the Queen Mother. Sadly, my mother's response to me was that the Queen Mother had been looked after. A woman of great fortitude and energy, my mother certainly knew what life was about. She would frog march myself and my four recalcitrant brothers from home to church each Sunday, filling a whole pew on her arrival, and to her annoyance, I would fidget as my brothers unmercifully taunted and teased me all through the service. I would listen carefully to the priest's announcements of recent deaths in the parish, and my mother would whisper to us not to worry as those mentioned had all had good deaths. What on earth, I thought, was a good death? Yet thinking on death and learning how to die was a powerful part of Christian piety during the Middle Ages and beyond. But not something perhaps anyone very much wants to talk about today. And today's gospel calls us to think on life, to remember how we were born. Someone, without our asking, without our doing, gave birth to us. We are born. We receive life from another life. I accompanied my daughter last week to hospital and we together saw two tiny identical twin boys joined together in the womb through a single connection. And today's gospel also speaks to connectness and relatedness. 
What happens to Jesus is not by chance, for each event in his life could be seen as pregnant with the next. Jesus is what life is all about for all of us. Being born, new life, crying, growing, changing, each step pregnant with the next. This is not an equation, an idea, or an exercise, but a movement. And for the disciples, Calvary's grief remained very fresh for them. Their hopes had been shattered. Jesus had drawn them to stake their lives on him, and he had died. But now here he is, raised from the dead, eating, walking, talking, but now telling the disciples that he had to go back to his father for a little while. Not once, but seven times, John records these words in the gospel. Jesus also pointed towards the disciples' own deaths at the same time. And when we mention joy, what comes to mind? Isn't it usually the positive feeling associated with some kind of good fortune, such as an unexpected promotion at work, an engagement, an author finishing the latest book, a return to good health? And this kind of joy is a wonderful thing. It's exhilarating, but unfortunately it often seems today that there is not a whole lot of this in many people's lives. But it does not have to be this way. In fact, joy can be the constant companion for all believers and disciples of Christ. And this brings us back to our reading from the Gospel of John. So what has John been talking about? Jesus has been talking to the disciples about expectations. And what were those expectations? Jesus told his disciples that after he left them and the Holy Spirit had come to them, the Holy Spirit would guide them into all truth. But that was not all. Jesus told his disciples they could expect that the sorrow that was about to come upon them because of the cross would be transformed into an enduring source of joy. And our gospel reads, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. When Jesus told his disciples that they in a little while would no longer see him, he was referring to his death. When Jesus told his disciples that again in a little while they would see him, he was referring to his resurrection. But how could this be? The answer is actually very simple. When Christ was cru crucified, it appeared to be a crushing defeat. But when Christ was resurrected, the cross suddenly became for them not a symbol of defeat, but rather a victory. And it was a victory whose benefits would be forever with them, which can be explained as to why their joy could never be taken away. And the same thing is true for us as well. Was this all clear to the disciples? No, a little while this and a little while that had confused the disciples. So how did Jesus respond to their confusion? Jesus not only promised his disciples they would suffer after his departure, 
but the sorrow they would suffer will always be turned into joy. And was this promise fulfilled? Absolutely. The pain created by the cross was transformed into joy when Jesus emerged from the grave, very much like the sorrow associated with childbirth, when it is transformed into joy as the baby is born into the light of the day. In short, when the Spirit came, they would be provided with the answers needed. And so will we be provided as we seek to keep and grow daily in our faith. Jesus is what life is about, and we ourselves are all about life.